This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Today, you're about to meet an artist who creates stunning work that is at once traditional and ultra-contemporary using laser-cut designs that draw inspiration from the exquisitely intricate and ethereal lattices of Islamic art. Julia Ibini is here to tell us exactly how she does it, what inspires her, and so much more. That is coming up right here on Life Beats on Pulse95. Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Jordanian-British artist Julia Ebini creates complex digital designs using computer algorithms and a contemporary aesthetic juxtaposed against traditional ornament and craftsmanship that results in pieces with extreme intricacy and detail. But it all starts with a line and a circle. So here... To tell us more, I'm so excited to welcome into the Life Beat Studio, Julia Ibini. Welcome. Thank you. So great to have you, Julia. Now, your work is mesmerizing. Um, uh, somebody who uh, we love so much and who uh, has uh, worked with us here at Pulse95, Amr Basaidi, um, he, you know, would post about your work and, and, and that's how I discovered you. I was like, oh my goodness. Who is this artist creating this uh, unbelievable work? It's just mesmerizing. When Once you look at a piece you go into the piece so I, I want you to talk about you know your work your inspirations how this all started so well first of all it's so cool that you found me via Omar I think that's brilliant <laughs> you know it's like it's just a, such a, a weird world as Instagram that you know you come across each other that way um, and I think just to go back I mean I've been doing this an awfully long time um, I I knew I wanted to be an artist from when I was about six years old. Wow. So it's a it's an awfully long time to kind of keep it, it's been in my mind, it's like that itch to keep yes. creating. Um, and you know, I went through school wanting to be an artist, went to university and um, got directed more towards the design route mm. rather than the fine art route, which was um, the beginning for me in using the tools that I use today. Um, and the, the introduction for me into computers really started at sort of university. Um, but then I left university and thought, gosh, I better get a real job. Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's what everybody oh, thinks. Yes. Yeah. The you number know, of you, people you know, yeah. who I have coming here, you know, on the show to talk about their art, to talk about their creativity, they all say to me, you know, I started off as a lawyer or a, a marketing yeah. person or whatever, and then realized I couldn't, I yes. couldn't do that anymore. That was free, Absolutely. You know, here. I thought, you know, I've, I've, um, I could not see how on earth I'd be able to make any ends meet make being an artist I also realized that I hadn't quite found my voice as an artist and I'll come to that a bit later um, so I went into marketing you know, as many people have done and I it was great because it gave me some incredible skills which I use today you know marketing is super important for anybody in, in any field um, but and I was there I, was, I did that for 10 years um, but always knowing in the background that it wasn't quite for me, 
that there was something else. And I gradually got kind of progressively a little bit more unhappy and a little bit more happy. And I had mm. to kind of go back into the art thing. Um, and I kind of scaled back my hours and, you know, started uh, doing the art again. Um, and I started painting uh, rather than working with computers, started painting and realized very quickly I, I wanted to work very rapidly and painting was not the way to do it. And in order to work very rapidly, I wanted to, I needed to work digitally. And mm. so that got me started. That was the very beginning of it. And um, so over the last, I'd say 15 years, I've gradually been developing the skill set digitally. Um, in order to work very quickly to kind of move the ideas forward and move the ideas forward. Um, and then a few years ago, I got a hold of a laser machine <laughs> and um, it's like the sparks went off and I was like, because I, I wanted to work digitally, but I also wanted it to, f the end result to feel very tactile, like you wanted to reach out and touch yes, the work. the depth. Yes. That's what you wanted in your I work. I needed more depth, yeah, because digital work, whilst wonderful, the output felt quite flat. Yes, exactly. So suddenly being able to layer up work, um, I'd started using a laser machine to cut paper, and very quickly I was developing ideas that meant, well, how many pieces of paper can you layer up to create that depth? And it sort of, it went from there. It's unbelievable because, you know, you were, before that you were doing collage and you were, you were layering yourself. Very much. But yeah. when, you know, your new toy yes. <laughs> arrived, your laser cutting machine, you know, talk to us about what that allowed you to now do, you know, how your uh, art changed. Um, you know, you talk about the layering. So w you, you've done so many different works now. W what is the highest number of pieces of paper of layers that you've been able okay. to do since that so I wouldn't know I wouldn't say layers as such I'd say individual parts of paper mm. to make a piece and um, at the moment it's on about a thousand one thousand individual pieces it's like a puzzle it's oh and they do li literally look like puzzles kind of underneath it's a very complex the the pieces I'm working on today are are hugely complex they take weeks and weeks to make and they are literally like puzzles and yeah we're it, the, the most we've managed is about a thousand individual parts to make up a piece that is incredible and you you your pieces are all kinds of sizes you know to large pieces you know wall-sized pieces to tiny little pieces yes. as well yeah so it's allowed you that creativity to kind of go yeah. big go small so we uh, so apart from the laser machines to cut paper recently I started working in steel, which kind of is mind-blowing in the possibilities of like, well, you could go seriously big with that, and what can you do with that? And how do you layer steel, and how heavy does that get? And you know, so that's a whole, that's another avenue that's opened up, and that's literally in the last three or four months that that's opened up. So, that yeah. is incredible. I need yeah. to um, ask you a bit more about that. We are going to come back uh, in just a moment, talk a little bit more uh, about exactly how you found your voice uh, as an artist, the, the pieces that you create, uh, the inspirations that it all comes out of, and how it actually all starts with a line and a circle. So much more to come with Julia Abini right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Pulse.
We are here with the artist Julia Ibini. Now, Julia, um, we kind of left off talking about your process and, and how you create your works. And, and I want you to talk to, to me about how, you know, each piece is kind of inspired. You know, where does that kind of spark come from where you go, oh, well, this is what I want to create now? So... Um, as you can see, there's a lot of inspiration from a lot of different sources. Some of it's um, kind of Islamic design. Um, there's a lot of pattern inspiration. And so there might be a fragment that would spark something um, to begin designing. Um, and as you know, the Islamic design in particular is very geometric. It's based on certain kind of repeats. Mm. Um, and so it'll often develop with a single unit. And as I've said, a single line, a single circle, then a single unit. And there'll be decisions as to, well, how many times do you repeat that unit? And you often it's quite, it's around a circle. So how many times? What are the angles? How many times do you want to repeat that individual part? And then it begins to unfold, um, but always with a view that this is um, it's it's contemporary. How can we push it um, in a kind of in a contemporary direction, mm. so that it's a very modern interpretation of a very old tradition? Um, and so, yeah. So that I guess that's how it sort of begins. It, it, it is amazing when you think about it, uh, the way that it begins with one line and one circle. And it's like the repetition of that creates the designs that you make. It's, it is mind-blowing when you think about that. Um, how, how, what kind of expertise do you need? Uh, yeah. Did you study uh, geometry? Did you study the way that Islamic design works, geometric design works? Because it looks so intricate. It, it's incredible so i have no formal training um it's just an obsession um but i should say at this point um that much of the recent work is partly my obsession and partly uh i i collaborate with a software engineer uh, called stefan noye um and his ability to uh describe to a machine how do we want this to replicate um, is, is, is quite like, outstanding. It's, it's unbelievable. And so um, we'll decide on the design and how many, how many instances need to repeat, for, for example, around a circle and how it should appear overall. And then he will go away and describe to the computer that's how we want to develop it and how then it, it needs to be translated into something a laser machine can understand. So there's quite a complex process, not only my obsession, but also um, a deep understanding of how computers work. Um, so yeah, it's not a formal distraining in a traditional sense. It's, um, it's, it's an understanding of how computers work. Um, and how to translate that into something you can make a machine do. And so that's quite fascinating. It's like we're kind of using tools available today, I guess, whatever we have to kind of make this hugely complex stuff. Exactly. Using the technology that, that, that is available today, yes. which is phenomenal, to, you know, like you said, push something that looks traditional but actually is ultra contemporary and is like, you know, something that you've never seen before. It's completely unique and completely different. So, you know, there will be, obviously, there's always that hint of 
the line of where it came from. Right. You can see it. And I yes. think that's why so many people relate to it. They go, well, I've seen that's it's familiar. It's from it's from that tradition. And that's why it's so exciting, I guess, for people to look at. But then you go, well, how far can we push it? Yes. With what we have available today. And, you know, and it's that kind of collaboration with machines. And that's why I say about a thousand parts for a piece. You can't do that without an ex a very, very high level knowledge of, of, of algorithms, of scripts and how to, well, when you've got a thousand parts, it's like a system. You have to figure out how to piece all of that together. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, it becomes highly complex. Um, yeah, it's almost like, you know, between designing a house and the actual final pieces that need to go yes. into putting it together. Yeah. You know, that is a huge process. Yeah. Do you think people don't realize how much goes into it? You know, when they look at your work, I mean, how long what is how long is that process when you're designing, when you're going through, you know, the translation yes. of the design? into you know what the machine is going to produce then actually you know putting it all together um because actually you put it together by hand i do indeed <laughs> this is one of the most unbelievable things you know that, that that okay fine there's a laser cutter that cuts out all the pieces but then you're putting these pieces together by hand tell us about that so um w in terms of time we're talking weeks and months yeah uh, particularly for the design phase and these things are very three-dimensional in feel so it's a bit of an engineering feat to get well how do you build all these parts and so we're talking weeks and months to figure all of that out and mm. then you're talking weeks to cut it and then you're talking more time to build it and and I find it very important that the end result should be hand built because if it's entirely done by machine, it can feel quite cold. Yes. And I think there's an imperfection, there's a flaw when you build something by hand, even though it was partly made by machine. There's this imperfection. You can see that somebody used their hands to make that. Um, and yet, no, I, I frequently lose my mind making them because we're talking a long time. But yeah, I think, I think that's possibly what makes them quite beautiful and tactile is that that they can see that that yeah it's part machine it's part hand and there's this collaboration going on yeah because they have the soul you know they have this thing that you know just speaks and you know sings from the actual piece you know when I look at them I, I see more of you than I see of a machine you know I see your ideas and I see your design has gone into it yes a laser cutter has cut it but I, I feel you and I feel who you are coming through. And that's that's super great to hear because I think that's what I'm always trying to push is that there was somebody who slaved at this by hand. Um, yes, we have incredible tools, but that, that human touch, that feel is so very important. At least to me, it's so very important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that so much. Incredible work. We are talking to uh, Julie Abini right now about uh, her amazing artworks. Uh, but coming up next, uh, Julia, I want to talk a little bit more about your own personal background as somebody who sure. is Jordanian and British and how that background comes through in your artwork as well and, you know, really speaks to, to so many other people as well who feel the same when you're at the, the crossroads of two different cultures and how artwork can be such an amazing vehicle to speak to that and so much more. That's all coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse 95. Heart of 
Shaya. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. We are back uh, with Julia Abini talking uh, art and, and creating uh, individual pieces that uh, are so incredibly intricate, so amazing. Um, but for you, Julia, one of the things that um, you explore through your art is uh, background and where we come from. And uh, particularly, you know, as somebody who comes uh, from two cultures, really, you're uh, Jordanian, but also British. You know, talk to me about how that kind of informs your art and, and what you try to say through that. So I am, yeah, so I'm, I'm half English, half Jordanian, but I grew up in the UAE. I've been here almost my entire life, most of it in Abu Dhabi, some in Dubai. Um, and so I, I'm not exactly English, I sound it, I'm not exactly English and I'm not exactly Jordanian. And I'm sort of, I kind of fall somewhere in between, um, which is, it's kind of cool. And it comes through in my art. Um, and being kind of growing up in the UAE and seeing all this amazing change, and it's such a melting pot here, um, I think that informs it as well and mm. comes through. Um, and so I kind of draw from many different cultures, I think, when I'm kind of thinking about my art, because I'm not strongly of a culture myself, I draw from many others. Um, but hopefully in a very kind of contemporary leaning way. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. There's so many of us, I think, here in the UAE that are kind of, of a mix of cultures and feel kind of not of somewhere. And I think that's really cool. Um, and it makes for interesting people, hopefully. And it yeah. makes for amazing art as well, because you're creating something that, that, you know, like you said earlier, it's familiar, but it's something that is completely new. And it does speak to, you know, a generation of people like yourself, like myself, like others who, you know, they come between different cultures, but want that expressed in a, a whole new way. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's very much this, yeah, it's this combination of so many different ideas and cultures. And I think it's it's interesting, the more I think, it's very much of the UAE in that way, that mm. there's just so many things that are here, so many different people and cultures and ideas and things that are like buzzing yeah. in this country. To draw on. To, to draw on. Yeah. And then I guess that's that end result. But everything's so new. Um, it's just that end result that comes out, I guess, through my work. Yeah. And in a way. So from there, tell me about when you found your voice as an artist. It's something that you were talking about a little bit about before. Um, how did you find your voice as an artist and go, well, this is this is my signature. I feel like you definitely have a signature in your art. So um, it was sweat, blood and tears. <laughs> it's not an easy process. Yeah. And I'm always jealous of those that are like 20 and they've already found their voice and they're like out there. But um um, I t it, it just took a lot of failure, tries and failure. Um, and you have to fail so many times as an artist. I think that's the, the, one of the most important things I've learned. It's just you fail every day and then you learn a little bit more about yourself and where you're going. And I think I took until I was about 35 before it suddenly clicked that I'm where I am now and I'm I'm kind of formed as an artist. I'm beginning to go in that direction where I'm excited about where the work is going. Yeah. 
but yeah at 35 I think <laughs> was when it started to form and the I had the skill set as well it's taken so many years to develop the skill set to make the work that I do and so it took me till about that age to kind of go right yes I'm capable now of achieving the ideas that have been swirling around do you get people um, kind of asking you, oh, you know, can you teach me how you yes. do what you do? Frequently. And then you kind of go, well, actually. <laughs> uh, yes, it's taken decades. <laughs> I can't teach you decades of of learning and failing um, in a few workshops. You know, I get asked to do workshops all the time. And it's like this. I'm not sure that this stuff is teachable. I mean, there's, it's just so complex. So, yeah. But exactly. I mean, do you feel like nowadays when somebody wants to become an artist or wants to pursue something creatively do you think that they have the patience that is necessary you know to do what you do uh possibly not i don't know i mean it's just i i think i don't think people acknowledge it's just so much time and effort and as i keep saying failures you try and you fail again and you fail again and it's gradually things start to work and I don't think people acknowledge just how hard you have to work to get to that point not only finding your voice but then to keep developing the work in new directions it's uh, it's incredibly hard because you know you've got your uh, Instagram account which is um, amazing you actually said um, you've exhibited all over the wor world, uh, but you've exhibited here in Sharjah as well at last year's Islamic Arts Festival. And this is how they found you through Instagram. I think that's how they found me was through Instagram. And I, it blows my mind how many people find me on Instagram. <laughs> it's so great. Um, and, yeah, no, that was just the most incredible experience um, to be able to work with the Department of Culture for their Islamic Arts Festival. And it was so supportive. It's just it was it was amazing. And then to meet so many phenomenal artists through that, I think that was really inspiring as well. It, it is an amazing collection of artists that come through uh, the Islamic Arts Festival. But talk to us about the pieces that you created for that specifically. Uh, so I just I, it was four pieces and they were at the time the largest works I'd attempted at that point so it was thoroughly scary because I didn't have a huge amount of time and I didn't know if they'd work but somehow within a few months I managed to kind of pull it off and get them delivered um, but uh, I think it was those pieces I realized the scale I, I knew I wanted to make them at scale and I thought right what else can I do well if you've got to build them that way at scale how else do you then build to go even bigger and so it was from that point that I started exploring, well, okay, so they were they were bigger and that was really great and that was a fantastic experience. And then, okay, so there, where does it go from there? And so then I started going bigger and after that. Th that's what challenged you. And you didn't have a, as much time as you were hoping for. It, it all kind of happened really quickly. It did happen very yeah. fast. It did. Um, but, it, you know, sometimes it's good. You've got a tight deadline. You work around the clock and it pushes you. And especially a couple of the pieces, um, they went off in dire directions I wasn't expecting. Um, and it very much loosened my style and they became kind of a little bit more fluid and contemporary as a result. So, mm. yeah, no, it's been, it, that was the tighter time frame in the end was a great thing. Yeah. And, and for you, colour is just so important in your work as well. I know we've been talking about the designs and the intricacy and, and, and you know, the laser cutting. But colour is a big thing for you too. Hugely. Um, I'm not sure why. It just speaks to me. Um, I've got a particular blue that I work with very frequently, and it's very bold. Um, 
but it's just that and, and then there's oranges and yellows and I'm just kind of I feel it just says something to me when I see something with that kind of you know like bold color yeah the, the, the blue that you're talking about is uh, so so incredibly beautiful the way that you work with it is stunning I love that but I, I do love the color I'd we have to find out, you know, what it is about you and color. We did we did a show all about color psychology, and I, I want to know. I need Fatima Ashanoi to come and <laughs> analyze the colors that you use in your work because it is amazing. You know, it's another one of those elements that makes it, you know, just jump at you and, and speak to you immediately. I think it's possibly, possibly why I use color is I feel like, yeah, I need it to kind of people to be drawn in. Mm first buy the very bright colors and then you go in and in closer and then you begin to see all the parts that make up the piece um but yeah no huge fan of color huge <laughs> i love it i love it we're going we're to uh, go to a quick break but when we come back um i want to ask you about your advice to up-and-coming artists and uh, you know to to be creative to um you know to be determined to create okay. something amazing. Sure. So more to come right here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. So Julia, Julia Abini is here, uh, somebody who's uh, mastered some uh, amazing, amazing artworks that uh, everybody needs to see. They're incredible. They really draw you in. They are stunning works of art. She's exhibited all over the world, including here in Sharjah. And Julia, I think a lot of people, um, you know, see you on Instagram. You've talked about it quite a bit, that this is uh, a big place where uh, you get discovered uh, quite often. And, uh, you know, it'd be great for you to, to talk about... Um, for other artists, for up-and-coming artists, I was going to say young artists, but you know what? They might not be young, but they might be somebody who has that in them, wants to become an artist. What would be your advice for them to pursue their dreams as well? Oh, so first of all, I fully agree that, you know, you could be 80 and just starting. Why not? You know, um, there's no there's no real age to start. Um, uh, from a creative point, uh, you know, I've got people that come to me and go, I absolutely love art, and but I've just not got a creative bone in my body. I'm like, no, you do. Everybody does. Um, you've got to follow kind of the path that unfolds before you. It could be drawing, it could be singing, it could be dancing, it could be no, so there's a creative kind of path for all of us. Um, particularly for visual art, um, for those who want to follow the path into visual art, be prepared to put in the hours, I'd say. <laughs> and a lot of people don't want to hear that, but gosh, the hours to master your craft. Um, uh, I cannot underestimate it. You cannot underestimate it. It's just, inc it's, it's an incredible amount of time. Um, and I work far longer hours now than I ever did before. But yeah, it's just you have to know that you're going to spend a long time doing this, possibly for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's your passion and it's what you love to do, this yes. is, you know, what you've got to dedicate yourself to. I, you know, my, my, for example, my daughter, you know, and you have a daughter yourself, yes. but, you know, she loves to draw and she keeps asking me, Mama, you know, how is this? Is it good? And, and you know, and I say, you've got to give it more time. You've got to do more, give up more time. And she's so impatient. Um, but, yes. you know, it's like give it the time that it needs. I don't. Yeah, people just don't. Um, they don't give enough time. And I think you should. 
I think you should also be prepared to know quite a lot about marketing and quite a lot about social media because you can be the most incredible artist on the planet and no one will know of you. We are in an age where it is all about how you work the algorithms of social media. <laughs> it is so true. You know, you yeah. you did marketing yourself before this and actually um, there is that huge gap. You know, if you're a creative person, a lot of the time they won't have like the business or the marketing mm -hmm. experience that they need to actually propel their art out there. And I feel like I was almost late to the party with the social media because I, I've been in marketing well before this sort of all took off and yeah. then suddenly it was like oh my gosh I've got to be on Instagram well how do you it's not just Instagram it's like well how do you play the algorithm right um, because it's not just about it is obviously you want to post about your work mm. and your story and your process and that's what people want to hear and it's very important to connect with people that way but then there's a game you've got to play um, sadly <laughs> to be noticed um, and if you're not prepared to learn that to learn how to figure all of that out to learn how to photograph your work properly to present your work properly then you won't necessarily be successful as you'd like yeah yeah make so. sure so you're talking about um, making sure that you photograph it well that you put it out there in a really professional way there is that there is also the whole thing of, well, understanding how for the likes of Facebook and Instagram work mm. because you could put out fantastic photos and people might not ever see it. Even people that want to see your work. Mm -mm. And so you have to spend some time reading up on that. Yeah. Um, be prepared to do that. Um, which is kind of unfortunate that you kind of have to do that as well as making the work. But, you, you know, that's just part of that's how, that's how it is these days. But yeah. that could be it. That could be, you know, the place where you get discovered. That could be uh, the place. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, as, it, as we've, we've said, uh, Instagram's been a great tool for yeah. me. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just absolutely incredible. OK, finally, I want to ask you what you're up to now. What is next for Julia Vini? So I can't talk about it in great depth, but it's gone towards sculptural form in the last three months and um, there are some days where I don't leave the studio because I'm just working on this like you know up from dawn to sunset um, um, and so I'll be able to announce it publicly in November but it's sculptural forms and they're highly highly intricate and there's a huge amount of computer scripting that's gone into making these forms but and I'm so excited about it um, but yeah, that's what we're doing now. And it's brewing quietly in the studio. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're just teasing us with it. We can't say anymore. But are you one of those people, you talk about immersing yourself. Are you one of those people who works with music? Do you, like, how, how do you get your creative juices flowing in the, in the studio? Um, I work in complete silence. Oh, wow. But I prep myself up for the day. I go for a run every morning with very, very loud electronic music. <laughs> to get it going and then I have to work in complete silence for the rest of the day because it requires so much focus to get it right yeah it's so true right yeah. you need all of that focus you can't be distracted it's almost like surgery it, yes and I uh, yeah if you lose if you lose your focus for a few minutes and it's happened so many times I go oh I've made a mistake oh I've got to start again <laughs> so yeah 
Yeah, complete silence. She's like a surgeon, everybody. <laughs> this is the kind of focus, laser focus that you need to create these unbelievable works. But um, we're so excited for you, uh, Julia. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us today Thank on Life Thank you for having Beats me, yeah. And telling your story and inspiring really all of us. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.